The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, it's Nicholas. How are you all this morning? Wherever you are in the world, we're going out live from Los Angeles, California. You can get us here on the wonderful Voice America Network each and every week here, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Or you can access any of these shows, including this one, on the iTunes network just by searching New Dimensions, putting an S at the end of Dimensions. So it's New Dimensions, plural. It's always a pleasure to be here. Wherever you are in the world, we go out to about 60 countries. I want to welcome you. I'm believing we have a great show. It's our only, it's my only show I've got and the only show you have because we only have this moment in time. So we can never put that off to a future moment. You know, whether you've been here a hundred times or if this is your first time, I'm believing that there's something here for everybody today. You know, it will not automatically change your life because change is not a, an event. It's not by click of a switch, but it's a gradual transformation. You know, you're exposed to information that can both challenge and inspire your mind to elevate, to think out of the box, and then be empowered to make a shift to a higher level. The next level for me or you, it's always been there, it always will be there, but it's our thinking, which is habitual, that has prevented us from connecting to it. It's always there, but we have to think very often outside of the forest because we're stuck doing our daily chores or our daily business And that conditions us just really to see in a tunnel to expedite to get that finished. Just like going on a car journey, very often we don't notice the beautiful scenery around because we're so focused from going from point A to point B. And without awareness, that's very much how we can get. That's why sometimes we need to slow the mind down so we can actually hear our thoughts as opposed to just following them like a a dogwood on a leash. You know, the thought goes and we just automatically follow it. You know, but I love you. I take time in these shows. I want to give credit, obviously, for God for giving me the heart to do it. But also, I love you guys. It's important. And I really want you to get it. You know, I'm standing by you in faith. And the information I'm believing for the transformation of your life is waiting to be seized. And it's really what you see and what you hear. That's the only way we can elevate change. But I want to start this week with a story just to take us out of our thinking cycle. It's about Hachiko, who's a nine-year-old dog. It's about the loyalty of a dog. Many years ago, there was a dog and a professor who walked to a train station every morning. The professor would depart to go to work and the dog would walk back home, only to return later on that day to pick up his master from the station. One day, the professor did not come back from teaching. He had suffered a fatal injury and passed away that day. So for nine years after the professor's death, 
his dog returns to the same train station at precisely the moment the train will arrive in the evening in the hope that one day he will be reunited with his beloved owner. This is a true story and it's a true tale and the dog was actually named Hachiko, H-A-C-H-I-K-O, wherever you are in the world. But there's a reason why I chose this story. Sometimes <clears throat> as humans, we can learn a thing or two about devotion and patience from the animal kingdom. I'm believing sometimes that's why God designed animals, creatures for us to have them around us because Chico's story tells us about waiting and hope. Um, this is incredible dog's daily vigil reminds us really that patience is not just a human trait. It exists in all forms of creation. So friends, really, what are you hoping for today? What are you not seeing? Our future is not in who wins the election, how much money we're making, what others think of you. The answer really is in the one that gave you life. That's in God. The only way that you'll change the way you feel about yourself and your life will be to see God in a different way, as out of that, the way you see your life and your future will also change. If we put as much hope for our future as we do in elections into our faith, we'd have the down payment for most things in our life. So the way that we come through this season, um, it's a time of severe testing worldwide. It's a time of change. will very much depend really upon our hope and on our focus. So really my question to you today, friend, like the dog, what is your hope in for the future? What lens are you looking through? And I... Isaiah 26.3 tells us, you'll keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they really trust in you. So peace really comes from faith. It, it comes from having a hope that things are working. Things are working for your good. Just like the dog never lost, never lost hope. So, and I hope that story, you know, it uplifted me and I hope it uplifted you. Let's get into the title for this week. The title very simply is a short word, success. Short words, just like grenades, they're small, but they sometimes have a lot of power. Success. It's a word that is the desire of every person alive and breathing today, regardless of our ethnicity, our age or our background. We all want to have meaning and a purpose for being alive. So let's take a look really at what this means and then we'll find out what it really is because there's two types of meaning it's the one society labels us to chase after and another one that we in creation have so some words that is, describe it they're words that describe it it's a powerful word the accomplishment of an aim or purpose the attainment of popularity or profit prosperity, affluence, wealth, riches, opulence, they all describe it. And what popularly comes to mind are things like the trappings of success, a personal things or thing that achieves desired aims or attains prosperity. So many of us allude ourselves to the way that the world labels success. It's labeled in a very seductive way. It takes time and testing very often to provoke us to search for a deeper meaning to be the answer for our life on this planet and indeed success. However, what transpires is that we go through our life. It becomes revealed that regardless how much or how little we have, the thing we really seek most is a deeper inner peace, a feeling contentment and meaning. It, it transcends really a claim, fame, fortune, or anything really that we can work harder to get. Um, you cannot get paid more, buy more, as this never really will fill a void in you. So it's not something we need to do work 
part of four, it's something really that we need to attain, something we need to connect to, a feeling of completion, a feeling of accomplishment, a feeling of value, and a feeling of quality. And, and as we know, when we seek more in commercial things, or whenever we get to that next level with the more, we're then left wanting. We're left wanting for more. So it's something internal, quite clearly, that makes us feel accomplished and gives us a feeling of success, a feeling of uh, satisfaction. So, you know, we've all journeyed through our lives year by year as though they're chapters in a book. They've included trials and tribulations, losses and gains. You know, as the years pass by in what seemingly appears to be ever faster and faster circle, we come a long way searching for something and find that it's not there. It becomes revealed that the true meaning of life is not about what we are, but about our deeds, about what we do. And you've probably heard me say this on previous shows, the true wealth of the man, of a man or woman, is not in things that money can in death, you know, money can buy, but in things that death cannot steal. And I'll say that again, it's not in things that money can buy, but in things that death cannot steal. So really, it's your actions that will stay. It's what you do with your life, what, what your deeds are. That really is the true meaning of life. This challenge is, is really at the very core. The things that we've been exposed to be it from our family, the media, our education, our perceptions, and even our mentality, all point to success being found in getting more, more money, more recognition, more job security, more income, progressing higher up a ladder. You know, all of these things are fine. I'm not saying it's bad to have a good a good job. I'm not saying it's bad to have health care paid for, to have a home of your own. All of these things are good, but they're all an illusion of the conditioned mind because we are led to find our belief, belief in those things or our value and identity in those things. So many of us dream about living a more accomplished or fulfilled life. So success transcends money, prominence, and position. I believe that our true purpose is for far greater things that we're societally conditioned to crave for. Even though many people may seek a better life, they do not know exactly what they're yearning for, and we remain with a deep, unanswered thirst. You know, I believe that this kind of life is available to all those who connect to being, who connect to God's will and his master plan for their lives. When we're walking on purpose, we have ultimate joy and peace because very simply, we're walking on the journey that was set for us. We're walking, doing the things that were aligned for us. So very simply, when a car is going on a journey or even an airplane, when it's set on its navigation, it's in it's in the right path. It's going the right way. It's going on purpose. So really, a true feeling of meaning and success can only come through walking in the steps that have been aligned by God. So very simply, it's where your life is directing to. We could be making a lot of money doing something we don't particularly like or doing something that we don't feel good about. But very simply, that's not going to give you a feeling of accomplishment, value and success. Yes, it'll give you material things, but we're talking about filling a spiritual need that cannot be achieved with finance. A spiritual need really is fulfilling your plan and purpose. So the more we live, the more we seek meaning. It becomes a question a lot of people ask when they become slightly more mature and they get older. You don't have to be 80 to be asking for meaning. But as we've lived longer, we start to tussle with the things that we thought meant were valuable. We get them and, and 
Somehow they, they don't fill us. We start to question things around us, we, jobs, marriages, all of these things. And we start to look for greater meaning. So the harder we try, the more it becomes as a shoreline that we're swimming to. It appears to move further and further away the more we try and reach for it. So as we think we finally touch it, we've got more and more to go. It's very much like smokes and mirrors. A lamb that rises as if a mirage, we earn to put our hands in it, but for some reason, it just always eludes us. Ecclesiastes 2.10 tells us, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. And yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. What this really means is when we put our value in what other people think or in, in achieving something in our career, whether it's winning the Super Bowl, we put a lot of hope in that being the answer to our anger or our purpose or our questions, unanswered questions. But as I say, all of these things are material and we're really trying to fulfill a spiritual journey. Remember, we are in God's created in God's image and likeness. We are spiritual beings. Spiritual beings having a human moment, not human beings in a human in a spiritual moment. So very simply can only be fulfilled with connecting more to purpose. And very often it takes tragedy sometimes to wake us up that the things we thought were the answer, the Shangri-La to our lives, very simply are not. And I can speak from experience on this at the time of my I've had many tragedies, but at the time of my first tragedy, the really first biggest, tra greatest tragedy that happened was really the tragic passing of my father in 2008. You know, I drew closer to God, and as this enabled me to grow, grow in my spiritual maturity, very often when we're depending upon something and that thing is taken away, it wakes us up sometimes to seek something outside of ourselves in terms of where are we going to draw strength and wisdom from? And that's when we seek God. Very often, he doesn't make these things happen. And I've said this before, he allows these things to happen because it's a time of testing, but it's a time we're seasoned and developed. It, really, during this time, it became revealed to me that societal values I'd taken on, which may be similar to yours, were really lies that I had accepted as my truths. They become very real to us because we're brought up in that way. We take them on board as being our reality. You know, I'd been in my egoic story that I'd taken on as being my life. I'd been on a quest seeking value from sources outside of myself, so I can be thought of as whole and accepted. You know, each of us are conditioned by life and society, and through that live our entire lives out by that story in our mind. This is one that has us defining ourselves by the job we do, the title we have in that job, the promotion we have, the salary we make, our retirement package, our frequent flyer status. Are we getting upgrades because we're a 2K or 1K, we're in this flying club, and how we stack up to others. We very often look towards other people 
as to how we stack up. And all of this for all of the t forms of disfigurement we can then add to ourselves. Very often we compare our marriage to other people's if they have children and we don't, if their children are successful and we're not, if they own their home and we don't own our home, if we have several cars and somebody else rides the bus. All of this has playing really in our mind. It's all part of conditioning. And to say that, you know, you're retiring at such an age and you have a, 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 a portfolio of an income, it's putting really our future and identity in these things. It's totally moving away. We're living in the flesh, not in the spirit. The spirit is really we're born here with nothing. We're born naked and we go back naked. It's really what we do. We're all going to take risks in what we do. But are we living in faith or are we living in fear? Fear means I'm going to compare myself to others because I think I'm not enough. It's the fear and the barriers that we put up in our conditioning of the mind, the story, but it becomes our reality. So we need to break away. I'm going to talk about this later in the next segment. We'll take a break soon. But when we're not living really in the spirit but in the mind's conditioning, I really want you to understand this, we don't have time to stop to hear the silence as our mind is always thinking so we can maintain our story. The mind wants to maintain itself and it will always be thinking in these terms. Remember, you cannot live in your story and be in God's at the same time. Flesh and spirit don't mix. And I repeat this, just, um, it is messages for somebody. You cannot live in your story and be in God's story for you at the same time. Flesh and spirit don't mix. Society, which is the world, it paints a pretty picture of you too can achieve that. Look at those people. All this moves you to compare yourself to other people and their accomplishments. You know, it makes many of us PhDs in other people's lives very often leaving us to feel unaccomplished, insignificant and depressed. You know, the drawback of this type of thinking is one, you can never feel successful as there'll always be somebody with more than you. Two, you don't know what they've done to get there. The amount of work and effort, sometimes in deprivation and things they've given up to actually get to where they have. They've been single minded many times just to achieve that. And three, many have issues, but you just need to see them through a worldview. That's how we mostly see them. You read of many of them drinking and taking drugs, but many of them in the eyes of the world have made it. Society tells us that you too can achieve this. This is how you can live your life. You can be this successful. And I did a show some time ago, actually, it was in July. If you want to access that, I don't have time on this show to do it, but I did a show called The Greatest Threat to Humanity is Itself. And this was show was the 27th of July. And it listed a load of famous people that if you added their entire wealth together, it could probably wrap around the planet. And all of this is how we're programmed. You too can have this dream home. You too can have this job promotion, this vacation, this car. You can retire with a retirement package, a 401k. And you know, for all we know, the next minute tomorrow is not promised. People die at eight days old. They also die at 108 days old. And a lot of people are planning well, when I'm 66, I'll retire and I'll have this amount of money. Or when I'm 70, I'll have this car and do this. Yes, that's the story. That's the egoic story of self, but it's not reality. So to live a, really a life connected to God, we have to realize that we don't need to tussle with our mind. We need to rid ourselves. 
We're going to take a break in a minute, but in the second segment, I'm going to talk really how do we reduce the story? How is the story preventing me from getting the success God or is a barrier to the success God has really aligned? He has really the best for us. It doesn't always mean we'll be wealthy, but as we know by, if you listen to the show from 727.16 on iTunes, The Greatest Threat to Humanity, you will realize that the success we're very often led to believe that we could achieve, that would kill us, that we wouldn't really really want it. So we need to really change our perspective. And just before I leave, I did a book called Get Out of Mind Jail that really help you do with this. It was released through Random House and a, actually a, and a, um, a, a company with Random House. And you can get that from Amazon. You can get that just by Googling Get Out of Mind Jail. And it's with my name, Reverend Nicholas Barrett. You can Kindle it, download it, have a hardback, softback. It'll help you with many of the things I don't have time to discuss on this show. Creating a better life, really, through creating a better thought system. And even the, the Bible tells us, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So very simply, God knows the mind's the problem. And I think we'll all agree it's how we're thinking about things. The things are the things. They're separate from us. But it's the way we think about them that create our decisions. And really, tomorrow's a mirror of how we're thinking today. But we're going to take a break. It's been great having you. I just want to say how blessed I am to do this. Blessed I am to have you as a, a live audience. We have several thousands of people worldwide and many more accessing on iTunes. And I want to thank you. And I look forward to talking to you after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back, friends. We had a short break. 
many people are accessing the show live, but many people access on iTunes. And we're talking today about success. If you're running out of time, you may be in your car listening to the show on your app. You may be in the office. You may be at home. But if you run out of time to listen to all the segments, you can go back to iTunes at any time just by searching New Dimensions. That way you can get the entire show. These are long shows, but they're all going somewhere. It's very often we can't remove what we need to say because all of those things correlate. They all have a channel. They all have a, just like a book, they have a journey from A to B. So we're going somewhere. We're talking about success. To recap in the first segment, if you didn't hear it, we talked about success the way the world labels us is trying to attain praise, trying to attain things to add to yourself, when really the success that the spirit, you know, it's a spiritual need to feel valuable and accomplished and achieved is actually aligning yourself really with your plan for your individual life, which is the plan the creator made, God made for you. So there's different types of success. And we talked about how people can achieve all the fame and fortune. And there's a list I gave in a show and I'll go over the name again if you haven't listened. The Greatest Threat to Humanity is itself on iTunes on the 27th of July, just by Googling the show. We left the segment, previous segment talking about our mind. Our mind is really where our reality is, and the mind is always putting things in it, and it's trying to keep itself filled. It's trying to sustain itself. So how to reduce the story of always needing to be successful the way the world labels you? To reduce the impact, really, of your mind, because it has a tremendous impact on your life, you need to rid it of some of its content. View it very much like a suitcase in that we carry our life story around with us. So in order to become more present to this moment, we need to be able to and really enabled to be connected to God because without presence, we don't have the awareness to connect. We're in the, constantly following that tunnel. We're trying to expedite. We're trying to fill the story. So we're moving like a hamster on a wheel, busy getting somewhere, but really moving nowhere different, getting nowhere that we want to go because we're doing the same thing, recycling the same thing. So you need to practice slowing your mind down. Remember, we put our identity, and this is very real, in our story, not in being, which is full of potential that God gave you. In being, you're created with everything you need. Just like the birds that fly through the sky, he attends to them. You're also in being, but it's the conditioned version of us that becomes in that suitcase. So seek silence between your words. This can create a gap in your thought pattern. In order to break thought streams, you have to, first of all, break it with silence. This way you can then be aware of your story, but not live your life out of it. You'll no longer have all the noise that will be competing, and you'll be able to live without having your identity in it. The story's always going to be there because the human mind, we're always, the mind's working, 60,000 thoughts a day. 90% uh, repeated, 85% negative. The only way we'll break them, and I do this regularly, is by slowing the mind down, looking at objects and being present, noticing when my mind is going to compare me to somebody else or it's going to make me feel not good enough or needing to make more. All of these things are in that, shall we say, that cyclical system, the mind's thought system. We have to break them. So the story doesn't disappear Yet, self, time, and space cease to have as much meaning. 
as all is one and time is gone. So the restrictions we have and limitations, whether you come at this from a worldly or a spiritual perspective, it makes sense because it's a process of dropping the usual illusions of self and separation because all of these things separate us from being. They separate us from God because we're then operating in the flesh. We're operating in fear. So when you transcend the illusions of self and duality between your flesh and spirit, you know, you might not be wealthy, but you'll not crave power and money and encourage others to do so. So, and I will say that spiritual people should not be ashamed of being wealthy because King David was wealthy. And God also said to Abraham, I shall bless you and your descendants exceedingly and abundantly more than you can hope and imagine. So, you know, being I don't call it religious because religious is a human form of God. It's it's a way really of saying you need to do this to come with us. But what really God's saying is I have this lined up for you. I have a better life. If you leave your old life back and come with me, I have the best lined up for you. Being Christian doesn't mean being poor. You know, you can be wealthy. But it's how you see the money that truly reveals what it really means to you. If you're making a lot of money just to continue adding and buying more, they call that mammon wealth. That's adding of wealth like they did in Babylonian times. But if you view it as God is using wealth through you, you'll then be able to help others through what he has given you and blessed you with. It all comes down really to your focus. Are you building self with money or building others in need? So. This is this is actually a, a dispelled thing when a lot of people say, well, if you're spiritual or Christian, you shouldn't be rich. No, it, it's quite the contrary. David was, and the whole point of really actually having God's purpose and potential is all of the things in the Bible is really to give you a better life. It actually frees us of things, frees us of the burden of stress and sinning and all of these things, gives us freedom. But it's actually what you do with the money that really counts. I cannot be wealthy and still have a Mormon mentality. Because I'm, if somebody asks me for money for a coffee, I say no, no, no. That again is 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 the gathering for self mentality. Really, it's the heart behind the money. So it's okay to be wealthy, but view it as a tool if you have an excess of working through you. And you know, I raised money for animals this weekend at a half marathon. Always, if we have a people focus, that is always. It doesn't matter if you have wealth, but you have to have a people, a God focus first, which will give you a people focus. So how to be more successful and get to the next level, you may be asking me. There are many things you can do to get to the next level, but I mean, really giving up the image we have. So in order to avoid getting hurt and rejected, we hide ourselves really who we are behind a kind of a social mask of who we think we should be. Um, we need to really have the courage to be us, to show our true emotions and stand really behind those things with conviction, even if we risk disapproval. Sometimes even, even if we're doing – sometimes we need to stand up out of the line in order to do the right thing, even though some people think we're doing the wrong thing. So if we're going out to a party and a lot of people are drinking and then driving, sometimes we've just got to take the higher road and say, I'm going to have water. And very often – this can have criticism, particularly with males. Oh, you're a baby. Why aren't you drinking? You know, I've been there before in the past. But sometimes to do the right thing in the eyes of some people, you have to be doing the wrong thing. So do not let the right do not let doing the right thing be something that's holding you back by the people thinking you're doing the wrong thing. 
embrace not only the good part of us, but also the vulnerable side. And I believe that vulnerability is authentic and real. Um, Paul was vulnerable. King David was vulnerable. I believe when we're, and, and the Bible says, those that bring themselves down shall be elevated. So vulnerability is not is not a bad thing. Vulnerability actually takes us to, to, to a deeper level, very often brings out the real side of us. It's really the source of creativity and innovation. It creates opportunity. Um, Brené Brown has a quote, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. So very often we need to become uncomfortable. Two here, we need to um, give up thinking in terms of the future, a lot of us are focused really on the future. Yes, the potential for your life is always going to be in the steps ahead, but your future very much depends on which direction you're headed today. You know, you must, what we're doing really now and how we view our life and how we view our time will very much depend what's going to come in it. Things don't happen by chance. A large building, it takes planning. It takes vision, a vision greater than the present moment to actually plan the building, a skyscraper or a new town. They opened up a whole new town near me during a time of recession. But the thing was planned probably in 2008. And by the time it came into fruition in 2015, and it's magnificent, someone's had a vision in that time to sow the seeds of designing, of then building a foundation. And then on that foundation, building a framework, then building a structure. So very simply in our lives, if we want to move to another location, we have to build maybe a vision of what we want to do very clearly and stay convicted of that. Foundation would be, what do I need to get there? And then the framework, how we set it, and then how we visualize when we arrive there. It could be somebody who's single, who wants to get married. What do I need to do in my life to clean it up? Do I need to get rid of debt? Do I need to clean my mind to become pure? to live a pure life? If I want to start a business, do I have experience? Am I looking at other businesses in that area? Do I know if that business has the demographic for that kind of business? There's no point opening, for example, a bar if there's a myriad of bars there already. We need to think wisely what we're doing because very simply, the seeds of today will be mirrored in tomorrow. Nothing that happens tomorrow isn't something that I've sown today. Whether it's a text message that was done to a secretary that became an affair that broke a marriage, whether it was trying a drug and then eventually became a habit, whether I started driving very, very fast and text messaging and the police eventually pulled me over, or if I killed somebody on the road, all of these things start with small. So they all start with a seed. So very simply, you need to really plan that. So never keep thinking in terms of the future because we need to really stay in the moment to plan our tomorrows, as I say, are important, but also to stay in the moment today. You'll never have another moment because past moments are gone and the future will always eventually show up as another moment. What we're standing in was a few seconds ago was the future, but it now becomes a moment. But it's the vision you have and the vision and the foundation and the structure you have that ultimately is going to bring you things you want in the future. So really success starts at this very moment with the choices you're making right now. So practice being present. Raise your awareness 
of all that's around you. As I say, the shapes of objects. Look at your chairs. Look at the steering wheel if you're in a car. Look at a cup. Look at your cell phone, your computer. The movement of the clouds. As I say, all this will slow your mind down and it'll help you to stay more alert and more present. And you'll become more effective in your everyday living rather than just following the thoughts, as I say, much like the leash. Our thoughts very often are so fast, we don't have time to interrupt those thoughts. Even if we're in conversation, we go into this mind pattern, what are they thinking about me? Did I say the right thing? Will I get that deal? Did I say the right thing to my spouse? Did I say the right thing to my child? The mind is just constantly moving and it prevents you really from being present. And, and they call this really unconscious living. Unconscious living really is automotive living. Sometimes automotive is good because we can reverse a car and, and steer a steering wheel and control pedals at the same time. I'm, I'm not saying not doing several things at once is bad. In some cases, it's good. But a lot of times when we're in a relationship or when we're with our wife or our husband, sometimes if we're on the cell phone texting and we're having dinner, it's better to put the phone down and focus on the dinner that we're having. Just to be present, you get more from your relationships. Or in a business meeting, if your mind is wondering on what you have to do next, sometimes we lose opportunities that will not be restored. Blessings come again, but sometimes to restore an opportunity lost, it will always remain void. So it's our modern day thing. We have a lot of automotive living. We have social media. We're bombarded really with noise. We have radios. We have heavy traffic. We have lots of overcrowded cities. So we're constantly really churning in the direction of just taking on board too much. But all of this will be like a flying a train flying through stations. You'll just see a blur of your day. So how did your day end? We end up in the evening burnt out, tired, exhausted, and very often angry because we've become disconnected to the community. God gave us community to be in unity with so we can connect to a higher level and be relational with people. And this really is moving off what I wanted to say, but it all boils down to the presence, the presence thing. God had it on my heart to build this more. Not being present is very much a, a, a disease of our modern day and, and marriages are suffering relationships with children are suffering because these people sometimes I counsel them they felt all alone and unheard so being unheard very often is the most lonely and most desperate and hurtful thing they feel unloved in the homes they're living because we're constantly unpresent to being. So we need to allow ourselves to slow down to how we were made. Yes, society has become more advanced, become more progressive, um, become more technological, but look at the way we're suffering. We have a huge void, societal problem here in America. I'm not going to get into the racism thing. I've done it in other shows, but societal problem means people that are lost, loveless, and soulless because they don't have a family, they don't have a base, because people are not connecting. This hasn't just happened now. This has happened over several decades, probably about 40 years of continually focusing on adding things of the world, but not focusing on building people, building hearts, and building unity out of community. So this message really, I feel very strongly for people right now. 
particularly now we're going into an election season, we're going into a holiday season too. And very often when we're not grounded in love and when we don't have God's love, which is foremost, because if I don't love God, how can I love myself? And based off of that healthy love, we can then love other people. If I'm right with God, you know what? I'm right with myself. I'm also right with people around me. I can speak from experience. Before 2006, I was one of these disconnected type of guys. I was so lost in my story, but everything was like spinning around. I'm sure many of you can relate to this. The day is fast, so many things, so many things, so many things. But really the essence of who we are is not being fed. We're not feeding our souls. We're not feeding our spirits. We're not connecting with our spouses, with our children, with our relatives. We're not, we're either texting or we're sending an email. We've lost very simply the things that are seeding the rightness, the, the presence. We've lost being present in our lives. So we need to really need to focus on going back to filling our need, which is a spiritual need. And I've said this again, you cannot be successful if your spiritual tank is not full. Not about action, not about what you are. It's about your actions and it's about your deeds. And I say the value is in things death cannot steal and money cannot buy. We need to change our perspective very much. And this is going into the holiday season. Start to raise your awareness of how you can connect with old friends, how you can connect with people. Don't take your cell phone when you're with your wife or with your husband. Don't take your cell phone when with your relatives having Christmas lunch and texting. Leave it. Try and separate those things because we can have a much healthier life, healthier families, healthy communities, healthier society. We're going to go on a quick break and I'm looking forward to seeing you for the third segment, not the last because that's the beginning of what I've heard. I apply it. I can also read the book, get out of mind jail or go on to iTunes and access the show again if I haven't been around. I know you're very busy. I'm blessed with your time. You may not listen to the entire show now, but we have opportunity to connect. Have a great break, and I will talk to you in the next segment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are 
are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello again. We've reached the final segment. I thought I had a lot of time at the beginning of the show, and then James was right. Time is like a vapor. Boom, you see it and you don't. The one thing we can't actually, we're talking about success and buying things. The one thing we can't buy more of is time. Whether we're Bill Gates, the Queen of England, or the man in the street, time is it's just ticking. And it really means, are we investing our time valuably to become or successfully? In other words, if I view my day as the last day, it may be, I don't know, I hope it's not. Would it change the way I value myself? The answer would be yes. Would it change the way I value other people and see them? Yes. Would it change maybe the trip to the coffee shop? Yes. So if we see these things as limited, if we see our time as limited and change that perspective and have that perspective, that in itself will help a lot of people. If I know my time is limited and I know it's the resource that I can't buy, the most limited resource really in the world is time. Time for us, time is eternal to God, but it's to us, we're here for a short time. Some of us for a very short time, but that would take a grip of changing a lot of the things we worry about. The things we worry about would no longer be important and our focus would change and everything we see that was trivial would then become important. And that message again is for somebody. We're going on now with points to make us more successful. Stop thinking about more is better. We just tipped off at the end of the last segment. We talked about sowing and being present. But we always think about more is better. If I had more, if I was rich, what it would be like. We're chasing the next shiny thing or idea or secret shortcuts to success, people tell us. You know, we're all really guilty. I'm not going to say it's an addiction, but it's a compulsion. We're, we, we, we have a compulsion just to follow that. The pursuit of everything that seems appealing, you know, it's seductive to human beings. It's very seductive. It seems appealing more. It makes us get sidetracked, I feel, and we lose focus. And we go in many, many different directions. Friends are saying, well, this is happening here and this is opening here or someone's making money doing this. We become like a chicken in a pen searching for something. And it becomes like a small object because we never find it because we don't spend long enough feeling being grounded in something. So we need to take time to identify our values, identify our our ideas and the things worth pursuing and things moving. Some mountains are meant to climb, others are meant to move away. We need to really choose things wisely and we need to have a conviction. We need to stay in them regardless of the obstacles in your way. Yes, if you choose to get married and it's hard, it was shiny and appealing and seductive. Don't just leave because it's getting hard. If it's getting hard, it's about to get good because out of the challenges, we get better. Just like gold is tested from heat, diamonds from attrition, we as human beings, we don't like them, but challenges make us better. If I hadn't had challenges, I'd be still a buffoon. I'm probably still a buffoon because having a PhD doesn't make you clever. It's what you do with it. But what I'm trying to say is it's really, you need to take time to know that the challenges are working out for you. 
So Luke 14, 28 tells us, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money or time to complete it? So what it really means is to have a business, you need to have a business plan. You need to sit down. Yes, you want to build the tower of the business, but if you don't have a plan, you haven't estimated what it takes to complete it, why start it? Just like with a marriage, if you don't have time, you want the tower, which is the marriage, and I'm using this parable from the, from the Bible quote, you want the marriage, which is the tower, but you need to sit down and estimate the cost you. Do you need to give out, give up going with friends at night? Do you need to give up some sports? Do you need to maybe take an interest in somebody else's things instead of being solely interested in yours? There is a, a, a um, you have to give up something in order to get something. There has to be, but it's worth worthwhile. There has to be a compromise. And again, this message is for somebody. Yes, we want the tower of the shiny, but are we prepared to estimate the cost? And do we have enough conviction to complete that cost? So, and Matthew 16, 19 tells us, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store treasures for yourself in heaven where things cannot be taken away. So we need to sometimes reach out to do something good that will remain. Not, it's not about getting for ourselves. Life really becomes about giving because if you're giving to get, you never run out because there's always a purpose more of giving than getting. Getting gets old it becomes void. It's a void. It's never enough. It becomes an addiction. But giving becomes uplifting. It becomes the potentials worldwide. Another thing is we need to give up living our lives for the approval of other people. Um, you very often sabotage your success if the choices you make are aimed to get the approval of other people. Your ego seeking recognition, it's never ending and makes you potentially, potentially rewarding opportunity, fearful because your challenge maybe of not being good enough or not being the top person. So very often we stay where we are because it's comfortable. We know we're good. We get approval of people, but we really got a challenge. Just like myself doing this podcast, I've been doing this for a year. I've done lots of public speaking to live audiences, but never done podcasts. So yes, I put my own money, but I put faith knowing that God will be in it to provide it. But at the same time, you've got to move away from the fear of being judged and just playing it safe because you know you're already on safe territory. The next best thing for you is in something you haven't yet accomplished and something you haven't yet conquered and something you haven't yet had approval. Yes, you may have had God's approval because you're doing it, but you haven't had the approval of other people. So that is fearful. That keeps us challenged. It keeps us feeling we're not enough or not being able to make it. But that's why we need more than us. And that's why really you need the spirit. You need the potential that God has for you. Greater is he in you that's in the world. So meaning anything you're trying to accomplish, if you're doing it in faith, not in fear, then you will have the right perspective. So is your faith a fair perspective or a God perspective? Make really decisions upon your divine purpose and not on your ego. Because as I say, the ego is a lack mentality. It's a desire that leaves you feeling that you've never reached your goal and you feel a lack of success. So, and Vernon Howard, I, I love this quote, a truly strong person does not need the approval of others and more than a lion needs the approval of sheep. So another thing is don't give up when all you hear is no. No, no, no. I'm believing no's set you up for a yes. 
the man who falls a hundred times gets up on the hundred and first time. Very simply, we stop giving up even praying because our timetable's not met. We haven't found the partner. We haven't had the baby. We haven't had the financial breakthrough or the health breakthrough. I minister to a lot of people in health problems. It's not that... The, the the healing is not available. It is for a lot of people, but it's their mind. They've heard so many th- times it's not happening that they feel no means no. Very often, God's no means yes. He always has a yes for you. It may not be yes in what you want, but it's it's a yes in something that's designed for you. And sometimes the prayers that aren't answered, we should be grateful because those things would have wiped us out. I was asking for things several years ago that I wasn't prepared to do. Was I prepared to do this podcast five years ago? I thought I would be, but I wouldn't have been because I wasn't, shall we say, not humbled enough. I wasn't open enough to accept God's advice to be able to do something that's building people and not just building a platform. Because what I do really is I go out of the box many times. I may have a format for the show, but very often I talk from the heart. Most of what I've given you today really has been totally unplanned because I'm really more focused in being effective than efficient. If I'm efficient, yes, I'll get the backing of sponsors without having to spend, you know, six figures a year to present and and do, and do these shows. But at the same time, that's not my purpose. My purpose is to build. So interpret the feedback the way you choose it. No doesn't mean no. It just means not right now or not this way. That's what God's saying. Not right now and not this way. It's going to work out, but not in this way. Whether it's in whatever it's you want to achieve, don't take rejection as being the final answer. Take it as a useful feedback and say, I've got to keep going on. So many times I would have given up because so many times my mind would tell me, no, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. No, you can't live without your father. You can't live without your mother dying in a tragic crash. You can't live with your fiance leaving you and and, and abandoning and leaving you in an empty home. No, 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 no. But you know what God was saying? Yes, yes, yes. And when you have that, you're always going to have that power to move forward. We need power to keep going because we need to hear no in a different perspective. You need to hear no is not ju- – and if there's nothing you remember from this show other than this, it's come – believe me, remember this. No just means not right now or not this way, friend. So really get that – get around that. We need to also – Stop trying to be perfect. Perfectionism is a false belief system that we can do things perfectly, and that way we'll avoid failure. You know, it's unhealthy to quest for your work to be flawless in order to earn the approval and acceptance from other people, because very often we're very focused on what other people think. We post things on Facebook of how we put a new profile, our hair's done perfect. We've got all the makeup on, all the disfigurements, our, what I call our public face. But inside, I mean, something can look pretty from the outside, but inside it's, it's dying. It's depressed. It's on Prozac, but outside it looks a great shiny apple. So we don't need to try and be perfect. Recognize the distinct differences between giving your best and trying to be perfect to improve others. Ask yourself if spending the extra time, will it make the equivalent difference to the success in your life in the long run, just because somebody else thinks you're super fly? You know, I would always favor my progress over my perfection. 
Perfectionism is not really a quest for the best. It's a pursuit for the worst in ourselves because it's really telling us that nothing will ever be – that we do will ever be valuable enough. Nothing will ever make enough money. Nothing will ever beat other people. So really that can be very much our downfall. So again, I would favor progress over perfection anytime. It's your progress. We need to give up thinking in terms of small. Get out of the comfort zone. Do not live in fear. Live in faith. We can be paralyzed by um, playing it small. It's not serving you or anybody else. God didn't make you to be small. He made you to be big, to do exceedingly abundantly. We need to not depend on our own power, but instead need to recreate habits, need to recreate focus and align our actions with our goals to be successful. You, to be successful, you have to act successful. It requires moving from the autopilot to have decision-making with energy. Tasks and autopilot really will bring us the same. We need to stop resisting what is. I mean, the present moment is out of our circle of influence. You can't change what's happening now, but you can change what's happening in the future. So instead of wasting energy complaining, being upset, annoyed, or disappointed, learn to fully accept the present moment and your current thoughts and emotions. Work with it. Resisting something that can't be changed and trying to get the approval of other people doesn't mean you're taking action to change an undesirable situation. So you need to continue to move forward. And in closing, really, my intent for you really with the show is to go to a new level. It's changed my life from the inside out. It, I hope it will also change yours. You don't need to inflict sadness on yourself and others through negative thinking of limitations of what's past or false limitations that you need to place on yourselves because you no longer base your future on what's already happened. Your potential is always in the future. Let's make the most of what we have right now. Our lives are like a shadow. You know, here we're here for a minute, then gone. We don't know what will happen tomorrow, but we must ponder our priorities. And the meaning is the nature of what we value most, what we obsess over, and how those things satisfy us only for a short time. Yes, we all have our abilities, gifting and possessions. They're all from the hand of God. We then get distracted and we begin to lose our purpose because we begin to think all of this is in our control. You work harder and harder, but it's better to say focus on your purpose, not on your resistance. Pursue your passions with integrity and confidence and stretch. Become uncomfortable. Your new uncomfortable will then become your new comfortable, just like the things you're doing today. And the things that were eluding you will be within your grasp and you'll connect the joy and contentment. I just really want to thank God for presenting the show i want to thank you for listening all that you need is within reach friend all that you need is within reach anyway god bless you it thank you so much and i look forward to speaking to you in the next show have a great day friends Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.